Hey besties, welcome back or to the public private story, the place where I share my inner thoughts and feelings with the people who care enough to listen. As you guys know, I love music and music is a common topic that I discuss on this podcast and today this episode is no different. I'm going to be talking about in honor of the kind of birthday of this song. I am going to be talking about All Too Well by Taylor Swift. And on October 22nd, 2012, that is when the original song was released to the public and people listened to it. But a little bit more recently in 2021, she released Taylor's version of this. And because the song was originally 10 minutes, she had to scrap it, scrap some of it. She had to cut it down to five minutes and then she uploaded. She released that in 2012. But then she released the real version with her Taylor's version album. And if you don't know the whole situation about Taylor's version and all that, basically her label that she had when she was younger kind of like screwed her over and she's not really getting money from her old music. So she re-recorded her song so she could get more money from it like she deserves because it is her art, it is her work and she deserves the rights and the money and the revenue from those. So she re-recorded her songs and all of the her re-recorded songs say taylor's version at the end of it in parentheses so for all too well the 10 minute version is from the vault and it's taylor's version so that's a really long title that just like this episode has a long title and i'm really excited to discuss this song because ever since it came out i really wanted to do an episode on it but i felt like it was not as timely and not as prominent and maybe it's not as prominent now but i know the swifties on tiktok and social media it's prominent in their lives it's prominent in my life but i feel like since it's an anniversary it is a little bit more timely and i really wanted to discuss it so i hope you guys enjoy this episode Analyzing the lyrics is going to take a while, so I highly recommend listening to the song first so you understand the context. But the song is 10 minutes long, so it's a really long song, and this is going to take a while. So the first verse is, I walked through the door with you, the air was cold, but something about it felt like home somehow. I left my scarf at your sister's house, and you got in your drawer even now. So she's basically like going back to the beginning, like setting some context. If you've ever taken AP classes, if you know the contextualization aspect of the DBQ, this is what she's doing here. She's talking about like the before, like the first moment. Not the first moment, but like the first moment once the relationship was already established. So... She talks about how even though this was a long time ago or this was like a while ago in the past, the guy or whoever is still holding on to her. The second verse basically touches on like a small little anecdote about like setting the scene kind of of their dynamic, like talking about going in the car singing together and then how she still remembers it even though it's been a while. And then she has the pre-chorus where it's, and I know it's long gone and the magic's not here no more and I might be okay, but I'm not fine at all. And I think it's really interesting how she says that she might be okay, but she's not fine. Some people use them like interchangeably. Like I almost just said being okay is like being fine, but that's not the case. Being fine has a more positive connotation. So she's trying to like portray the fact that she's okay, like she's getting along, but she definitely could be better. And she's not like really, like really okay, like on all levels. And then she's talking about how the magic's not here no more. She's basically saying that this is the past and it's like she's still dealing even though it's been a while. And then the chorus is, because there we are again on that little town street. You almost ran the red because you were looking over at me when in my hair I was there. I remember it all too well. This part kind of paints their relationship as like a positive thing. It's like sweet. So it shows that kind of like love between them. And then verse three, it's like basically setting the scene of her visiting his parents' house, meeting his family and whatever. So this is a milestone usually in people's relationships. 
So she talks about how her mo- the mom was telling her like about him as a child. So giving that kind of like, oh, this is my kid. This is how he was when he was younger before he knew you, blah, 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 which moms tend to do, I guess. And then the next part is something that wasn't in the original song, but she added it for the 10-minute version. So it's her talking about how... And you're tossing me the car keys. The car, the keychain says, um, bleep the patriarchy. And they were always skipping town. So it shows that they have a sort of like level of rapport. Obviously, if they're in a relationship and they get along, whatever. And then she said that, and I was thinking on the drive down anytime now, he's going to say it's love. You never called it what it was. So she was hoping that he was going to be like, oh, I love you, Taylor. I love you, Taylor Swift. You're the best whatever she was hoping for that but now that she's older and more mature she realizes that that's not what it was and was a sort of different relationship a negative one not necessarily a positive lovey-dovey one and there's the pre-chorus again and she's like and i know it's long gone and there was nothing else i could do and i forget about you long enough to forget why i needed to so this is kind of her reflecting on her like getting over the relationship and like feeling better about herself and she's saying that she realizes this, realizes that this was in the past and she can't really change what happened. But now she's starting to forget about what they went through. And it's like that kind of cycle where it's like you're moving on and then you start to think about them again. And it's like, oh, wow, why did I why did I leave? Why did I decide that this was a bad situation for me? And then you have to really like push yourself to think, hey, this is what happened. This wasn't good for me. And this is why I left. So she's kind of going in that kind of mindset. And then the chorus, it changes every time it goes back to the chorus. So this chorus says, because there we are again in the middle of the night. We're dancing around the kitchen in the refrigerator light. Down the stairs, I was there. I remember it all too well. But there we are again when nobody had to know. You kept me like a secret, but I kept you like an oath. That was deep. Her songwriting here was exquisite. An oath is like a promise. And in a way, a secret is like a promise as well. But a secret is something you keep hitting. So he was promising her this relationship, but he wasn't trying to be public with it and trying to show her off to people. She, he was trying to like keep her, sweep her under the rug in a sort of way. But she was really like, oh, I'm proud of this, but he was not. And then the bridge, well, maybe we got lost in translation. Maybe I asked for too much. Maybe this thing was a masterpiece till you tore it all up. He ruined what they had. Running scared, I was there. I remember it all too well. And you call me up again just to break me like a promise. So casually cruel in the name of being honest. I'm a crumpled up piece of paper line here because I remember it all, all, all. And that's supposed to go to like the all too well. But saying it instead of singing it is kind of awkward, to be honest. But one of my favorite lines from her entire discography come from this song. The whole, and you call me up again just to break me like a promise. So it kind of goes back to what she was saying with the secret and the oath. An oath is a type of promise, and a secret is a type of promise to not tell anybody. So he's breaking the relationship, breaking her feelings, like hurting her feelings, and then also breaking the promise they had to each other. And then, so casually cruel in the name of being honest, he just didn't care. He was just very blunt with it, and this is the Sagittariusness, I guess. And then, moving on, the verse, the next verse, it's one of my favorite verses of all time from Taylor Swift. Because it's just so, like, it's catchy. And, of course, it's beautifully written. Because, of course, Taylor Swift, she slays. They say, all's well that ends well. But I'm in a new bleep every time you double-cross my mind. So, like, it's going back to what she was saying. Where it's like, I think about you. Or I forget about you long enough to forget why I needed to. It's like, he's going back in her mind. And that's all she can think about. And, like, double-cross. Double-cross has a double meaning here. 
like usually double cross is like when somebody you trust somebody but then they're like oh i'm betraying you in this case it's all it's that because he betrayed her and then it's also him staying in his in her mind like over and over again and like she's replaying their memories and the time that they spent together and that kind of thing and then next part you said if we had been closer in age maybe it would have been fine and that made me want to die the idea you had of me who was she never needy ever lovely jewel who shine reflects on you now weeping in a party bathroom some actress asking me what happened you that's what happened you so this whole section is her like kind of storytelling about like a specific experience obviously she was at a party and then she was upset she was sad and then an actress asked her what was wrong probably some sort of award show or something and then she was like jake gyllenhaal that's what happened the next section talks about how her how his relationship with taylor swift's family was and it's like how he charmed Taylor Swift's dad, that's what she says, and that they got along well, but then he went and, like, double-crossed her, so it's like, wow. And then the last line is, and he said, it's supposed to be fun turning 21, and I guess that was the age, let me check their age gap. They're nine years apart, so that means when he was 21, she was 12, no way, that simply never happened. Oh, he was 29, and she was 20. So that's crazy. And basically the whole thing with it's supposed to be fun turning 21. I don't know if it's the dad who says that or if it was Jake Gyllenhaal who told her it's supposed to be fun turning 21. Obviously, he had that experience years ago and now she's just now turning 21. So it really shows like the span of the relationship, like their age gap. But they were only together for a couple months. And it's crazy that this whole 10 minute version and the whole album had to do with him and they were only together for a couple months. Like it's so sad that she went through all of this in that time however the people who are like wishing death on jake gyllenhaal i do not agree with you guys because it wasn't your relationship and you should never wish death on anyone anyway but like it's whatever no no it's not whatever it's just like bad don't do that i get you don't like this celebrity because of what he did to your other favorite celebrity but that doesn't mean you have to like give him death threats because that's weird and creepy but continuing on verse five Time won't fly, it's like I'm paralyzed by it, like to be my own self again, but I'm still trying to find it. So it shows that because of the relationship, she wasn't really herself and she wasn't really in tune with herself as usual. So she's trying to get back to that and how it used to be before Jake Gyllenhaal. And then it goes back to the scarf. But you keep my old scarf from that very first week because it reminds you of innocence and it smells like me. You can't get rid of it because you remember it all too well. So the whole song is her talking about how much she remembers their relationship and how it's stuck in her head and she can't let go of it. But he's holding on to the scarf. He's holding on to a piece of her and talking about how he still remembers it too. And he knows what he did was bad and messed up. The chorus, I really like this because she goes back to all the things that she mentioned in the other courses. It was rare. I was there. I remember all too well. When in my hair, you were there. You remember all too well. Down the stairs, you were there. I remember all too well. It was rare. I was there. I remember all too well. So it's like kind of giving like a recap of the other verses of her remembering it all too well in the specific like aspects of the relationship. So that's really interesting. And then the verse, verse six and then she kind of calls him out like directly on the age gap thing and i was never good at telling jokes but the punchline goes i'll get older but your lover stay my age so he's growing old she's growing old but the age that she was like 20 when she was with him that's what he's going after he's still going after 20 year olds and he's like 40 at this point or something yeah because she's in her 30s so he's definitely in his 40s but that's like a 20 year age gap at this point so it's showing his character and how weird he is for like going like doing that she's like talking to him directly at this point 
point well i guess she was kind of doing it throughout a little bit she says did the twin flame bruise paint you blue just between us did the love affair maim you too so she's asking him how did the relationship affect him too because she knows it affected her badly and she's still getting over it but she's wondering if he's still holding on to all of this then is he also being affected by it still did did the negativity affect him as bad as it affected her or is that is it like at the same level she kind of repeats that and then she does the whole recap thing again when did my hair i was there i was there down the stairs i was there i was there sacred prayer i was there i was there you really have to listen to the entire song because it's so good especially the way she does it with her like emotion and inflection but that's just like a review of the lyrics personally i feel like the song speaks to anybody who's ever been in a position where you have a sort of relationship with somebody whether it's a friendship or you're dating or you're married whatever it is and you think that it's this great thing and you kind of like let a bunch of things slide that you really shouldn't be but you let it slide anyway because you don't really want to like change what's going on and you don't want to get out of it you just like what's going on even though every now and then there's those little bits of things that you don't really like or don't really agree with so you're dealing with those but you're like but these things are great so i'll focus on these things and you're trying to look at the bright side when it shows that a lot of the red flags are way bigger than the green ones and the green ones are like little ribbons and then the red flags are big banners and that just keeps going and going and then when it's finally over you didn't even really want it to be over so you're distraught that you just lost something but over time you're like wait this is good. It's like a blessing in, in disguise that this thing has ended. And now I can see all the bad things. And all the red banners have been become clear. And they're vibrant. And they're flashing. Whatever. And then all the green ribbons are still really small. And they're disappearing. And you're like, this was a really bad situation for me to be in. And now I can see how negative it was. I think she does a really good job of like painting that. And showing how, how she was in the past and in the moment and then now she's kind of like contrasting that with what she knows now and how she is now and how she's grown and grown and learned from the experience and of course she does because she is taylor swift she throws shade towards jake gyllenhaal and of course everybody like takes that out of not out of context but they take it they make they blow it out of proportion and they make it a really big and annoying and rude thing like sure she was groomed and it was a bad situation for her i definitely realized that but you don't need to be running around in the street saying i hate jake gyllenhaal and i wish he would die like you know how many other celebrities have done that when the people have actually been underage anyway and nobody's giving them death threats actually those things are being sweeped under the rug but i could do a whole like spiel about that as well because it happens so often and people really don't care but because she wrote a song about it people are really caring and i'm not saying that it was good for him to do but i think that people should be more aware of it when it's in the moment instead of afterward or when somebody brings attention to it because obviously it's happening and we can all see it but how come you're not really like not promoting it how come you're not talking about it discussing it trying to fix the problem while it's happening instead of realizing how bad it was afterward because she said something about it you should be paying attention if you follow these celebrities if you follow what's going on in their lives you should be paying attention and being like hey this isn't right this person should have done this to this person and because i'm a fan of this person i'll speak out or like people in hollywood you guys have platforms why aren't you speaking i don't get it so everybody else is just relating to this song like 10 years later or whatever because Taylor's version, whatever. But in the moment, she was suffering and nobody really cared. I wish I could truly consider myself a Swifty. And I guess in most cases, I would be considered one. But I feel like I don't know the deep, deep meanings of like everything that she's ever done. Like I know the songs that I know and I know the stories behind the songs that I know. 
but I feel like I don't know as much as I could. Like when it comes to Olivia Rodrigo, I can be I can consider myself like a Swifty, but for her, like that deep level because I know the the story behind her songs. I know everything that went into them. I studied them. I know all of them word for word. But I feel like I can't say that for Taylor Swift as much as I'd like to. Like when I was younger, the songs that I knew were the songs on the radio cuz I wasn't like able to like google everything but i just knew what i knew and i feel like that's still the same thing now i haven't taken the time to like deep dive into her entire discography because i simply don't have time for that but i feel like one day it would definitely be something that i'm not opposed to because she is a really good songwriter a really good singer and i love her music for the songs that i do know but i don't know every creak and crevice of every single album of every single whatever that she's ever produced (laughs) 